Hello, and welcome on in to Dogs in Autumn, the history of American football. At this point, we're scooting around at a pretty fast clip. Football's beginnings were in the Northeast, and the spread from there to the Midwest and the South took around a decade or so, depending on who's counting and who counts. But from around 1890, it's taken off everywhere. Today, we're going to do a flyover of Texas and the Plains states, as well as spend a little time talking about the two major conferences that dominated those regions, the Southwest Conference and the Big Eight. I'm happy to be here, and of course, very happy to have you here as well. In the state of Texas, football culture is pretty similar to how it is in the South, with the caveat that we absolutely have to discuss high school football, at least a little, which until this point we've mostly ignored. That's not just because of how important high school football is to modern Texans, which is pretty well known, but also because the early history of football in Texas is kind of a mess. High school teams playing early adult athletic clubs called town teams. Early college teams playing both. All bringing in ringers, which is an old-fashioned term for professional players hired on the sly, to help themselves win as much as possible. The beginnings of football in Texas are murky. We know by the time we get to good record-keeping in the 1890s that it's been around for a while because of the prevalence of the aforementioned town teams in the more heavily populated parts of the state. We can tell with some confidence that the sport they were playing was a variation on rugby, probably inspired by different versions of that game that had followed settlers from the East Coast in the decade or so after the Civil War, but exactly what the rules might have been isn't clear. In all likelihood, different clubs played with ground rules and didn't compete in organized seasons as would, as would become the standard shortly thereafter. More than likely, football was just one game they played, along with baseball, track and field, wrestling, and probably, maybe, rowing. The earliest game we know of involving a high school was one of those bizarre matchups between Ball High School in Galveston and a local athletic club called the Rugby's on Christmas Eve 1892. The high school boys were led on the field by the man who was also their coach, James Caffrey Richardson. Richardson had learned the game at Yale and moved to Galveston to teach high school. The Rugby's had been around long enough to have developed a pretty nasty reputation. Nasty enough that it had become common practice for most of their opponents to hire ringers from the local cotton balers union. And so when the opportunity for them to play against a group of 16-year-olds with no professionals came, how could they possibly say no, I guess? Either way, they played their Christmas Eve game, and of course the team made up of grown men won, 14 to nothing. College football in Texas seems to have begun the very next year, and in similar fashion. The University of Texas Longhorns played their first game against a town team called the Dallas Football Club on November 30th, a game which Texas actually won, 18 to 16. It wouldn't be until October of 1894 that two Texas college programs would meet for the very first time, when Texas and Texas A&M played in what would be the first meeting in the storied rivalry now called the Lone Star Showdown. Texas won 38 to nothing, and the Aggies of Texas A&M hadn't been right since. The remainder of the well-known college football teams of Texas would follow Texas and Texas A&M. TCU first showed up in 1896 under their old name, Adran College, in their old location, Waco. Baylor, who is still in Waco, launched football in 1899, and the rest of what would later constitute the Old Southwest Conference would trickle in over the years from there. The local athletic clubs faded out, not just in Texas and its neighbors, but all over the country. Elsewhere in the world, these sorts of institutions became the basis for professional sports, hence why so many soccer teams around the world have the word club built right into their name. Some even specifically have athletic club. But that didn't happen in the U.S. outside of baseball. 
By the time the Old Southwest Conference came together in 1915, most of them were either gone or no longer competing with college and high school teams. Football also got going pretty early in the Plains states. The University of Oklahoma launched their football program in 1895, which makes football in the state of Oklahoma 12 years older than the state of Oklahoma. But they picked it up from a student who'd grown up in Kansas, where football got an even earlier start, even earlier than it did in many more easterly states. However, Oklahoma Sooner football debuted by toting an absolute beating at the hands of a high school team from Oklahoma City. So as it was with Ohio State in the Midwest, the beginnings of Oklahoma football could not have indicated where that program would be going very soon. But maybe that was to be expected. After all, like I said, they picked up football from a student from the state of Kansas. And in those early days, Oklahoma football had to languish in the shadow of the mighty Kansas Jayhawks. I'll give you a minute to recover. But that is kind of true. Like I said, Kansas got a pretty significant head start in the whole football thing, and the university thereof launched its program in 1890, which makes it one of the oldest football programs outside the Northeast and Eastern Canada. And Kansas in the 1890s truly was dominant. Through the decade, they posted a record 56 wins, 16 losses, and two draws, which included winning seven of nine against their neighbors, the Tigers of Missouri, in the rivalry known as the Border War. Missouri is also ancient by the standards of most college programs having begun the same year as Kansas. At the same time Kansas was playing their first season in 1890, another team that called themselves the Old Gold Knights played a couple of seasons of ball in Lincoln, Nebraska. The dudes they passed the team on to changed that name to the Bug Eaters. The term Hornhuskers was first used by student journalists at the University of Nebraska to refer to the Iowa football team and they weren't being nice. But for some reason, in 1899, they'd all decided it was actually good to be a Cornhusker, and so Nebraska football has been the Cornhuskers ever since. Kansas State got going in 1895, though it took them a decade to play Kansas and kickstart the rivalry that today we call the Sunflower Showdown. It would take them another decade to join the rest of what would become the Big Eight Conference. The Big Eight will be the subject of the next conference highlight, so we'll leave it alone for the most part today. Instead, I'm going to jump a little ahead to 1915 and the birth of the Southwest Conference I've mentioned so many times on this show already. The Southwest Conference was a mess. It would probably be the better candidate for a standalone conference highlight, at least from the perspective of juiciness, general dysfunction, overall mess, drama, and all that other good stuff. But like I said, I'm going to give the Big 8 that spotlight for now. The Southwest Conference will get plenty of airtime on this show, and I will be squeezing every drop of tea from the bag. For now, a taste will have to do. The conference launched in 1915 with invitations going out all across the state of Texas, as well as to Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, all of whom joined, and also LSU and Ole Miss, both of whom declined. The founding members wound up being Texas, Texas A&M, Southwestern, Arkansas, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Rice. TCU and SMU would both join later, Southwestern would drop after one year and later disband their program, and the two Oklahoma schools wound up leaving to join the early Big Eight. Much later, Texas Tech and Houston will join. But with LSU and Ole Miss declining the invitation and both Oklahoma schools leaving, the conference was left in an extremely Texas-centric position. This will become 
extremely important later. But this geographic concentration also ensured that the Southwest Conference was home to some of the nastiest rivalries in all of college football, and in fact, probably anywhere in sports, for decades before it all came tumbling down. Virtually every former member of the old Southwest Conference has a long-standing, violent hatred of all the others, and no one is hated more than Texas. But that's for another day, another day. We've got to stay on task here. The Southwest and Big Eight were remarkably similar. Both were a little bit smaller than most other athletic conferences, and both were anchored by a rivalry between two programs who, in terms of resources, greatly outclassed their peers. That's Nebraska and Oklahoma for the Big Eight, and Texas and Texas A&M for the Southwest Conference. But maybe surprisingly, the two conferences didn't overlap for most of their histories, except for one place, the Red River. Well, not really. The Red River runs along the border between Oklahoma and Texas, but the game between the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, which is called the Red River Shootout, is actually played in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl during the Texas State Fair. I've always wondered if that irritates Oklahoma fans. Somebody let me know. Either way, this rivalry stands out alongside others like Michigan and Ohio State, Alabama and Auburn, or USC and Notre Dame, among the greatest annual contests the sport has to offer. It remains to this day one of the great spectacles of American sports to go to the Texas State Fair, buy something fried that shouldn't be fried, and then go watch the Red River Shootout in a stadium split evenly down the middle, one side burnt orange and white, the other side crimson and cream. That this rivalry outlasted both the Southwest Conference and the Big Eight shouldn't be surprising but it does hint at some of the causes that have driven conference realignment historically, as well as gesture at the ones driving it today. The realignment that destroyed these two leagues came to a head way in our future, though, in 1996. It followed two whole decades of scandal and ended with many programs essentially being relegated to a lower level of competition, not because of performance, but because of money and politics. I can't wait to get there. However... Next time, we're going to take a minute to catch up on how the rules have evolved since the early days of the Intercollegiate Football Association. Then we're going to talk about the Big Eight, and then move on to see how football spread to the West Coast. Feel free to leave a rating or review if you're feeling kind. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at dogsandautumn, one word, or email me at dogsandautumn at gmail.com. You can also sign up for my Substack if you're looking for more niche football content. It's completely free. Till next time.